you all are aware of the fact that we do sometimes start with a question, but this is a serious question that I really want to know the answer to right now. I need a real live true show of hands. How many of you have ever sent a text message? Okay. How many of you have never sent a text message? All right, there's a clear age divide here in the yay and no on the text message side. Okay? But I ask that for a reason because those of you who have sent a text message before have probably sent or received a text message that had these three letters L O L. Okay? Now, there's a story that a young girl had gotten fired from her job. And she sent a text to her mom that said, Mom, I have lost my job. And her mom responded, L-O-L. Now some of you might be thinking, I don't know what that even means. Well, if you're sending a text and you write L-O-L, it means laugh out loud. Really what you're saying is you're laughing at something that somebody said. Her mother didn't really know what that meant. The girl was sort of offended by it. Mom, why did you say that? What's so funny? And she said, oh, I thought it meant lots of love. Well, that's two totally different things, right? But this idea of the text message language, if we're unfamiliar with it, then it doesn't make any sense to us. One of the difficulties that I have sometimes with students is they like to write things on their assignments in a text message language. That's a difficulty. But part of it is that that's what they're used to. Okay? Think about your formal writing and then think about the notes that you had. Some of you might say, wow, those crazy kids. But think about notes you might have left to your kids in the past. Mom would sometimes leave notes for me and Jess to do if she had to work or during the summer. And it was like, you needed an Egyptian hieroglyphist to be able to figure out what this meant. These kind of things, I don't really get it. Well, texting has sort of changed that. But the question that I ask of you is, are you familiar with that kind of language? Because we like best when people speak to us, correct? When people speak to us, one of the things that we can think about is it eliminates confusion. There was definitely some confusion in the letter that was sent back and forth between that boy and the, the, the girl and her mother. That confusion gets eliminated. When we speak with each other, that allows for some nuance, right? It allows for some recognition of what maybe is taking place and how I would approach that. I would never say to someone who just lost their job, laugh out loud, you know? I probably would never say that ever. But you would see me laughing, and that's part of speaking. And then the third thing that it does, the third thing that speaking does, is allows for us to recognize Facial and social cues. How many of you have been prepared to say something and then you could read on the face of the person that you're talking to, maybe I don't need to say this. Well, when you're texting somebody or when you're emailing or maybe even if you're in some other form of exchange, I don't know what we're going to have, passion pitch, but whatever the type of a language that you might use, sometimes there's a good time to stop and a good time to keep. Going. 
And so today, what we're going to be looking at here is, does God speak to us today? Now, I want us to think about this in a couple of different ways. We're going to approach it here as we go. But I want you to think back to the Old Testament. Because the Old Testament is full of God speaking to people in one form or another. He reveals himself in cloud, clouds of fire, whirlwinds, in person. We see all of that. He appeared to Abram in Genesis chapter 17 and verse 1. Brought people up to the mountaintops to speak to them. He wrestled with Jacob. Moses spoke to him face to face. Isaiah saw him up high, lifted on the throne. If you were to think about the Old Testament as like a movie, God has a pretty big role in the Old Testament. You would see him on screen a lot if you thought about it as a movie. In the New Testament, it's a little bit different. Obviously, God has a major role, but you don't see the examples in the New Testament like we saw there in the Old Testament. There are a few examples of God speaking in the gospel, but not the way that we see it in the Old Testament. But our question on the screen here is, does God speak to us today? And I'm going to actually look at three different questions within that. First of all, why doesn't God show himself to us the way he showed himself to those people that we listed there a few moments ago. Why does God not show himself that way? Another question. Why does it make you seem like God is invisible today compared to the scriptures? I use the word invisible as I don't physically see God across the way from me. I can't go up and high five or whatever. Why is there sort of a sense of invisibility today compared to the scriptures? And the third question, would Christians be more assured today if God spoke to them in person today? So we're going to try to address each of those three things today. And what we're really thinking about is three ways that God actually does speak to us. So we're going to look at those. We're going to see three ways that God actually does speak. But the more important question is, are we listening? Let me ask you again about the text message. How many of you have ever texted somebody and then you can see that they're texting back those three little blinking dots but then it never comes? Right. Well, wait, why aren't they sending something back, right? Why is it not coming? Well, the question that we're going to think about today is if God is talking to us, why are we not listening? Or how well, perhaps, are we listening? Let's think about three different ways that God speaks to us. I think you could probably figure out where all three of these are going to go today. It's not anything too uh, outlandish. But the first way that God speaks to us is through His Word. We talked about that just a moment ago. But the Lord's voice is in His Word. It's designed to produce faith. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, we know the scripture pretty well. It says that faith comes from hearing, right? And hearing by the Word of God. So that faith that's being produced by the gospel is through the Word that is being presented to us. Second, 1 John chapter 1, the first four verses, it offers evidence of Jesus. If you read in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, We have heard, we have seen with our eyes, we have, it, there's the evidence of it there. In Luke chapter 9, verse 35, God says to Jesus, This is my beloved Son, hear Him. 
So there's three examples here, and there's far more that we could include, but this is God sort of speaking to us through his word. You all have a copy of his word. You're probably holding it in your hand right now, maybe a book, it may be a, a cell phone or an app of some kind, but you have the Lord's voice coming through his word. So the question then for each of these three is how well do we listen? How well do we listen? Do we take time to read the Word of God? Well, let me ask you this. Very rarely are you going to be told this, but why don't you take out your phone right now if you've got one. If you are a text message person, take out your phone right now. Some of y'all have just said politely, all right? Because this ain't going to matter uh, for you all. But if you take out your phone, it's probably in the top left corner. There's a little green box. That's where your text messages come. There's probably a red circle on that text message box. Those are texts that you have not read or have heard. It drives me nuts for there to be red circles on my phone. It does not bother Mary there as much. All right? Mary has all kinds of red circles and various things on her phone. She has like 2,000 emails unread or something like that. If I had one, I couldn't survive. But anyway, if you sent someone a text and it's popping up red on their end, they're not holding up their end of the deal there, that conversation. Well, you actually have the text of the Word of God in your hand. But are you reading it? Is the Bible showing up as a red circle right there? I've got it there. I know I can go back and look at it. I'll get to it when I'm good and ready. Well, that's what God speaks to us. What if that's the only person that that person talks to you? You'll never have an answer. This is the way that God speaks to us. Unlike people in the Bible, we actually have the Bible. That's a unique thing. You ever thought about that? All the people that are in the Bible did not actually have this. They had versions of this, but they did not have a bound 1165-some-odd-page book that they could flip through and find it here or find it there. They had to work a lot harder for what they got. They had to be trusting and listening to what was being told of them. We have it all right here. Most of us probably have multiple copies of this Right here. And if you have access to the internet, you can click on websites that can give you a thousand different translations of this. You can find this in Japanese. You can find this in Dutch. You can find this in Portuguese. Or you can find it in any language that you want. Are we reading it? Are we looking at it? God is speaking to us, but are we listening? In these scriptures, we learn that God not, God not only revealed His Word, but he also sent his son to speak to us as well. So the second thing, God speaks through his son. His voice is in his son. Hebrews chapter 1, the first two verses, he says that he now speaks through his son, Jesus. And if we read then the third verse, what we read there a few moments ago, though Jesus, through Jesus, God has manifested himself most fully. Then read this a moment ago, but Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Through Jesus, God is saying, this is who I am, and this is what I desire of you. Jesus came to earth as the Son of God, to preach, to speak, to teach. If you open up that Bible, there are a bunch of letters in that Bible that are written in red. Every one of us knows what the red letters mean, right? 
The red letters are the words spoken of Jesus. And so all of these other scriptures, which may be written by other people, the red is the words that Jesus spoke. Now, the question is, are we listening? Well, if God speaks through his son, those red letters might be something that we need to pay attention to. How well then do we listen? Do we listen to what Jesus revealed about God? Turn to John chapter 14 and verse 6. I'd say most of you are very familiar with John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6, but we're going to start at the end and go forward a little bit. I'd say we're not as familiar with a couple of verses that are afterwards. But John chapter 14, starting in verse 6, and we're going to go through verse 9. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You all have known that already, but let's go further. Verse 7, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Jesus is the Son of God. God speaks to us through His Son. So the question is, do we look at Jesus and say, where's God at in all this? Do we look at it like Philip said right there, where? Show us show us the Father. That'd be, that, I, I'd, feel, I'd feel a little better about things if you show it. He said, I'm one and the same. You see one, you see the other. So whenever we read here, whenever we say that God speaks through his son, those red letters that are in your Bible is God telling you what you need to know. You should pay attention. Are we listening? Are we leaving those red blanks not answered? Jesus said several times in the Bible, some variation of the sentence, he who has ears, let him hear. You can find that a few different times in the Bible. But in a sense, you've got ears, you should hear, right? He's saying you need to be listening as it were. Peter knew this as well. In John chapter 6 and verse 68, he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? And then the follow-up, what Peter says, he says, Lord, whom shall we go? And then he says the second thing, right? We know he says there at the second, you have the words of eternal life. So he's telling that to Jesus. He's like, we don't need to go look somewhere else. We don't need to go find this information somewhere else. You are the word of God being presented to us. Speaking of Peter, he was one of the disciples that Jesus sent out into the world. And the third way that God speaks is through his people. His voice is in his people. In Matthew chapter 28, Mark chapter 16, both of those you can find examples of the apostles given the Great Commission. And their duty, their task, their job was to go out and speak to the world about God, proclaim the truth about Jesus, and lead souls to salvation. That was their task in Matthew and in Mark. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, we read, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
If you said, I think I've already heard that before, you did. Ben had that same thing in our lesson this morning. But what Ben was talking about this morning, we are the people. We are God's people. And in a way, God speaks through us. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that I'm going to tell you, you know, God is a direct pipeline into my ear. But if I am a Christian, if I'm carrying myself as a Christian, as Ben said this morning, if I'm preaching or if I'm teaching or I'm talking to someone about the Word of God, that is God coming through me to other people. That is a presentation that we have. That is something that we can tell to other people. And so their job was to speak to the world. And he said, well, okay, hold on just a second. That was Matthew 28, and that's Mark 16. That's the Great Commission to the Apostles. That stops with them, right? I don't think so. That Great Commission extends forever. Now, could the Apostles do things that we couldn't? Absolutely. That was the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We talked about that before. But we still are to preach and teach the Word. We're still to do that. So in a sense... God speaking, speaking through his people is God speaking through me and you. Question is, third time, how well do we listen? Well, message has gone out into the world. The message is there. Today we have an opportunity to hear God through the lives and words of his people. Even if you don't see a Bible. We can still hear about God from other people, from other ways as well. Even if we're, again, not talking about the Bible. But that presentation, that speaking and teaching through his people, has to come then with a transformation of us. What if I am proclaiming to be a Christian, but you don't really see any difference in me from when I was a hoodlum? Is God speaking through me? Or am I kind of shoving that side down? Well, there should be a transformation, a change, a new way in the lives of, in the lives of Christians. Are we willing to listen to the good news? In Acts chapter 2, a set of verses that all of us are certainly familiar with, we read something that I don't know that anybody would hardly do today. But in Acts chapter 2, Peter is speaking, and he gives an entire sermon, often credited as the first gospel sermon there in Acts chapter 2. But it seems to me that as Peter is close to being done, but not done, the people stop Peter. And they ask him, what shall we do? They were prepared to make a change right then and there. How many of you would feel comfortable stopping me right now and asking a question? Probably wouldn't, right? It's not that you're afraid of me, and it's not that I wouldn't answer the question. But we sort of have our cultural sensibilities, right? I'll ask when it's over. He's talking. It's not my time to talk right now or something like that. But if it really mattered, would you stop me? If it was that important, would you stop me? The people in Acts chapter 2 Almost so, Peter, you've got to stop talking about this. Tell us right now, what must we do? What shall we do to be saved? And what I like about Peter is, I don't know how far along Peter was going to go with his sermon, but whenever they ask it, Peter answers it right then and there. This is important. This is what they need to want to know. This is what I'm going to tell them right here. Now, 
When God speaks through His people, when we're listening to the Word of God, are we saying, what do I need to know? Or are we prepared to say, well, just let them talk. We'll get to it later. Well, I think we need to know right then. And if we need to know right then, we might need to be like those people that were hearing Peter right then and say, stop. What must we do? Now, it may not be what must we do to be saved. That may not be a concern. But if we need to know the answer, if we need to find out what God is saying, do we need to wait? Do we need to leave it there? Do we let the little red circle pop up on the text message? We'll get to it later. Why is it not important to get to it later? It's important right then because that's God speaking. So the question is, we ask it at the beginning. Why doesn't God show himself to us like in the Old Testament. Because I can almost guarantee that none of you are going to go home today and do anything like what was mentioned there at the beginning. You ain't going to wrestle or these kind of physical actions that we talked about at the beginning. But the show, if we want to use the word show today, is in His Word. It's in His Son. And it's in His feet. So then the second thought was, why does God seem invisible today? Well, I think God's only invisible if we don't want to look, if we don't want to hear, if we don't want to follow or participate. See, I'll be very honest with you. I have gotten text messages before, and it pops up who it's from, and I don't really want to see that. Take your finger, swipe it over to the side, that deletes it. I think I know what it said, but I don't really want to hear or read what it said. If God seems invisible, it's because we're pushing it away, not because He's not there. He may not physically be there, there may not be a handshake. But we've looked at ways that God presents himself today. It seems to me like that God is extremely loud. The question is, are we listening? If there's any way that we can help you, anything that we can do for you, we'd invite you to come while we stand and sing. Sing the